Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame, or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Kara Snyder, and I am so excited about our show today. I've actually wanted to have Karis on for a while, and I'm thrilled that we're together today to talk about anxiety and depression. For those who have listened to my show for a while, you've heard me talk about mental health, the stigma around it for Christians, and the importance of getting help on your journey of healing and recovery from anxiety and depression. So that's why I'm so thrilled to have Karis with us today. Welcome, Karis, to the Fully Restored Podcast. Thanks, Kristen, for having me on and letting me be a part of your show today. Oh, absolutely. So Karis, tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, and your family. Absolutely. So I am a speaker and author and a certified life coach, and I uh, help my husband lead worship as well at our church. I am a mom to two girls. I have a daughter who is a teenager, going to be 14 soon, and another daughter who is about to be 10. And my husband and I, we have been married 18 years, which blows my mind to say that. We also, for all of you who have a a pet, we have a golden doodle, a mini golden doodle. He thinks he's a human probably because we treat him that way, but he is very much part of our life. And we live, if you hear it in my voice, we do live in the South. I live in a small town in Alabama, Coleman, Alabama. Part of my work that I love to do as a speaker and writer is to share about faith and mental health and, and the importance of us talking about it, acknowledging it. And dealing with it, just knowing where God has brought me from over the past 10 years and just wanting to help others know there is hope. You do not have to hide. You are not alone. And God has a great purpose for your life. Amen. Amen. I love that. And Karis has three books, right? That's right. Three books. Yeah. Okay. So one, what is the names? Um, They all have the same name or are they different names? Remind me. Right. So they are kind of under the same brand. I guess maybe that's the right way to say that. The first one I came out with is called Anxiety Elephants. It's a 31-day devotional for adults. That one came out first. And interestingly enough, that came out December 2019 and then Hello 2020. And uh, God just kind of used that book in ways I could not have imagined. And then my daughter's my daughters were, were reading that book. They thought it was really cool to see mom was an author. And they said, hey, mom, can you write a book like this with the words our age can understand? And I was speaking in the schools at the time, and God really used my kids to lead me into the books that have most recently come out, which is called um, Anxiety Elephants for Tween Boys and Tween Girls. So that's going to be around that eight to 12 year old range. And it's a 90 day devotional. The covers are different, but the content is the same. So I'm grateful that God used my kids. You know, God does that, doesn't he? Use those, those young ones to help us see kind of that next step that he wants us to take. 
Absolutely. And so I highly recommend these books if you're listening. They have, I've referred these books to many different people and they've really made a difference for them. So Karis, let's just go ahead and just kind of jump in. Tell us your story. Tell us about your life. When did anxiety and depression start for you? And how did anxiety and depression almost take your life? Yeah. So, you know, early on, I was an anxious kid, but we didn't know that that was anxiety. We didn't talk about those things. But as an adult, anxiety and depression almost took my life about 11 years ago. And at that time in my life, everything appeared great. Everything appeared perfect on the outside. It looked like everything was okay. I had a successful business that I was running out of my home. My husband and I were leading worship in our church. We were leaders within our church. My daughter, who is a teenager now, back then was living her best toddler life. And it all seemed great. It all seemed wonderful. But on the inside, I started having these feelings inside, this this heaviness, this weight on my chest. And I call it this feeling of an elephant sitting on my chest, if you will. My heart would race. My, my breathing would get very short and rapid. And I uh, could not sleep at night. It felt like I thought I was having a heart attack. But in the midst of all of this, I told no one because I was afraid. I was afraid to let anyone in. I, I was just sure that no one else would be experiencing the things that I was experiencing. And so I just continued to push it down and push it down. And I was a master of the mask. And I tried to numb the pain that I was feeling with those anxiety attacks because I have to pause here for a moment and just let everyone know, to be honest and transparent, I did not think anxiety or depression at that time of my life were real. Unfortunately, if you were to come to me for for leadership or guidance at church for encouragement, my encouragement to you would be to pray harder, read your Bible more. You just need to trust God more. And if I knew you really, really well, my advice to you would be, well, you just need to suck it up, buttercup. And when I hear myself even say those words now, I know it wasn't filled with the compassion of Jesus. So if any of you have heard those things, I am so sorry. And I think that's why I hid my pain and that that shame of anxiety because I knew what I had said to others. So the way I dealt with my hurt is I began to work out more and starve the pain. I thought if I looked even more, quote unquote, perfect on the outside, no one would know I was struggling. And so I was working out two hours a day. I was drinking multiple gallons of water a day, eating less than a thousand calories a day. And I was just crushed under the weight of this. And I was just losing myself. I moved from this place of anxiety, this paralyzing fear and shame into this place of dread and depression. And my thoughts went from, um, you are, you should just trust God more to you're worthless. You're hopeless. You're useless to why are you not reading your Bible more? It was like, I was just putting myself under this shame and and I found that that I was afraid to even come to God with what I was dealing with, what I was struggling with, because I thought I was a failure. I thought I was letting him down. And if anyone knew what I was going through, there was no way that God would still use me. There was no way that I could be a helper and encouragement to others. And I remember in September of 2011, we found out I was pregnant. Now, Kristen, I have to tell you, when I found out I was pregnant, I might have weighed 100 pounds. I was just really just a shell of myself. 
And the doctor told me in that moment, she said, Karis, I don't care if you eat donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the sake of that baby, eat. And two things happened that day. Uh, first of all, the mama bear instinct kicked in and I, I would do anything for my, my little ones. But second of all, if a doctor tells you you can eat donuts, you eat all the donuts, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I, y'all, ate a lot of donuts over an eight-week period. I ate good things too, but um, in that time frame, I gained six pounds, which was great. But I had a miscarriage and I lost the baby. And that was the bottom. That was the bottom for me because the enemy came in and he said, look what you did. Look what you did to that life. Look how you hurt that life. And I began to think maybe I'm hurting others. Maybe I'm a burden to others. Maybe I'm not needed here. Maybe everyone is better off without me. And and I had those thoughts of, of just leaving this world because I didn't want to hurt anybody else. And it was in that moment, I still get teary eyed thinking about it. It was in that moment where I felt like I had two choices that I could give up or I could look up. And it was like God's two big, giant, gentle hands reached down and whispered, look up, look up. And Kristen, when I looked up, there was hope and there was help. And that's when I began to realize, hey, I'm not alone in this. And that's kind of where God began to his restoration process for me. I so appreciate you talking about something that I feel like the church doesn't talk about, which is the the view that we often have in the church about mental health, you know, suck it up, buttercup, you know, those type of things. And if you read, you just need to read more. You just need to memorize more. You just need to pray more. And the truth is depression and anxiety can hit everybody, right? Anybody. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it it has no respect for a person. It can hit your pastor, Mm -hmm. um, a mom. It can hit a account. It can hit a counselor, a teacher, a successful businessman or, or, or dentist or doctor or your or our children. So that anxiety can come in, you know, our, our brains get into that. Uh, sometimes I call it like an overprotective mode. It thinks that it's protecting us from danger when there's really not any danger there, but it's just trying to do its job. Sometimes those switches, they get clicked on and then they don't switch off. And we, and my brain was just on overdrive in that anxiety and depression, but I know for me, when I had that original viewpoint, I didn't understand mental health. I didn't understand what anxiety and depression were and that it's a real struggle, just like heart disease or diabetes or or high blood pressure. Our brains sometimes need extra help, need additional help to get healthy. It took me walking through it, walking through the darkness to realize, hey, this is not easy. And, and I was trying to do all those things, just like all those other people who I tried to encourage, but I wasn't encouraging. And sometimes you just, you need additional help. And that is the right thing to do. So as you're, you're having this revelation, you know, the anxiety and depression is, is this weight you're recognizing the Lord speaks to you and just, you know, lift up your head. Did the struggle stopped then, you know, what was that fully restored moment for you? Was there more that you had to face and walk through before you started that fully restored journey of healing? Yeah. Yeah. I I wish I could say there was this, this magical moment and it instantly all went away, but that was not my story. I remember he, when I felt that gentleness of the Lord to look up, I did look up and there were helpers and I needed 
those helpers in my life. And, and so part of this journey, and it was a long journey for me, was a doctor sitting next to me saying, you know, hey, you, it's okay that you need additional help. You're, you, you found this yourself in this fog, your, your hormones are out of balance. And this medication will help you just like if you had a broken bone and you needed a cast, or if you had cancer, you needed to take chemo, this medication is going to help you. And I cried, Kristen, for about three weeks taking that medication because I thought that it was a sin. I'll be honest and tell you that. I thought it was wrong to take that medication. And about three weeks in, uh, my daughter had a birthday party. In that moment, before that, I was very, you know, type A, focused on all the tasks, don't enjoy the moment. But when my daughter had her birthday party, it was at a bouncy house, which will probably give anybody anxiety. (laughs) And she asked me to go down the bouncy house slide with her. And uh, I said, yes. And I wasn't in this fog anymore. I wasn't just in this downcast mode. I was very much able to enjoy the moments. And I remember everyone gathering around the bottom of the slide to take pictures, not of my daughter, but of me actually being able to enjoy life. So I knew in that moment that God was using that medication to help clear the fog. And the second part of that, of my journey was counseling. I needed counseling to get to the root of where the anxiety and depression were coming from so that the healing could happen. All of this stuff over all of the years that I had pressed down, that I had not dealt with, that I had just ignored, that counseling, that counselor was huge in that life-saving moment for me to find the healing that I needed and to help me learn how to deal with things differently in my life. I, I was not using healthy habits. So she, so I had to begin to learn how to have healthy habits to deal with struggles, to deal with hard things. And another part of my journey, it was about a, probably about a nine month to 12 month process for me to be fully restored, to live life fully the way God intended. Was I began to be honest with my friends when they would say, hey, Karis, how are you doing? And instead of being, hey, I'm good, I'm fine, you know, hashtag blessed, I would be honest and I would say, hey, I'm not okay today. Today's a hard day. And I'll never forget a a friend of mine, our daughters were having a play date and she asked me that question. And it was like it took courage for me, to be honest. And I said, I'm, I'm dealing with some depression and anxiety. And she looked at me, Kristen, with tears in her eyes. And she said, you too? And I was like, whoa, yeah. Me too. And that was in that moment that I realized there's power in us sharing our struggle and in sharing the testimony of how God brings us through it and remembering, you know, the Lord reminded us in this world, we were going to have trouble, that we were going to have hard times to take heart, to trust in him because he has overcome. And so that was about a year process for me to really relearn and to allow God to, to heal me. Now, I still have days in moments where that anxiety may creep in, that depression may creep in, but it doesn't take me out. I'm able to to acknowledge it and use some things that I've learned to not let it steal my life from me anymore, but to learn that that I can stand up and I can can take steps or I can crawl or I can invite friends in or to invite God in to carry me through those moments so that it no longer becomes um, where it is ruling and leading my life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm thinking as, you know, writing notes as you're talking here and thinking about the helpers. And there is a stigma in the church that if you go to counseling or if you take medication, you don't have enough faith. 
it becomes an issue of your faith. Oh, you have a faith of mustard seed. Well, the Lord can heal you if you just trust in him. And how I always compare it to people, you talked about cancer or broken bone, diabetes. There's three levels of diabetes. The first level of diabetes is you go to the doctor, they say, you've got diabetes, you need to change your diet. So you just do diet. You change your habits, right? Those healthy habits. So you change those habits. For some people, it works. And for other people, it doesn't work. So then the doctor says, okay, we need to put you on a medication and do these healthy habits. And for some people, that's it. And they're able to do, to do well, but we don't ever judge them. We never say, where's your faith? You are not trusting God because you're taking this medication for your diabetes. You need to lay that at the altar and you need to trust God. We never say that to them. And then there's that third level that they have to, for the rest of their life, take that insulin because it's a lifeline. Because if they don't take it, then they could die. And that's some people with the level of depression or mental health issues that they're struggling with, with illnesses, that they need medication for the rest of their life. And we never judge them. We never say, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. We never say that to somebody who has high blood pressure. You know, put that medicine at the altar, have faith. But we do that with individuals with mental illnesses. And it's like we separate the brain, which is an organ, from the rest of our body and say, okay, well, these ones, it's okay to treat. But anything with your mind, with your brain, well, no, that's more about your faith. And we separate. And then that can be detrimental to so many people because not only, like in you and your struggle at the beginning, they're too ashamed, too embarrassed to share with maybe their pastor or a leader in the church or a friend or family members that they are struggling with depression and anxiety because what people will think about them because then they're not a good enough Christian. That is it. And that's what I thought. And I, and I also thought I'm not a good enough Christian, but now I don't get to serve the Lord anymore. That was another thought that I had that God wouldn't let me serve him anymore. Mm. So if it came out, then you wouldn't be allowed to serve him or if you admitted it. That's right. Yeah. If I admitted it, if I admitted I had this problem or this struggle that God would be have no use for me, that's what the enemy would hold over me. But then that's where God began to show me King David. Man, he he dealt with all the emotions. He lamented. He was angry. He was depressed, you know, but he was joyful and he was praiseworthy. And God called him a man after his own heart. So I really found that, okay, God does not ask me to be perfect. God asked me to be open and to be willing so that his love, his peace, his hope can shine through because, you know, even in our world right now, man, it is hurting. There is so much anxiety and depression and trauma going on right now for all ages, for everyone. And if we as the church would continue, and I I think we are getting better at it, but pull our head out of the sand and say, hey, just like physical health is important. This mental health struggle is important and let's be the leaders. Let's let's lead in the world so that we can shine the part where we take care of the brain and we get that part right, but also shine this love and truth of God that can heal the, the painful parts, the broken parts. And I think if we can really get our minds around that, our thoughts and our hearts around that, I cannot imagine the revival that would go on, Kristen, in this world. 
Yeah. Out of health and wholeness and health and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are churches, there are churches and pastors and leaders that are on the forefront about mental health in the Christian community. I think of Rick Warren and his wife, although he just retired, they are have been out on the forefront about that after the, the loss of their son to suicide. And, and I think of so many pastors in the last three years that we have lost to depression and suicide. You know, just having a, an understanding of how the brain works, not denying what the knowledge, I, I always look at it, you know, it's amazing. All knowledge comes from God, right? Yeah. God is the giver of knowledge. So whether I am a Christian or not a Christian, God gives all knowledge and wisdom to people and because he's the giver of life. When he creates us, he creates us all with a specific purpose. And some people have this amazing ability of research and, and digging, and they find out things. They find out things about Alzheimer's. They find out things about cancer. And they find out things about depression, anxiety, bipolar, and all the different mental health diagnoses, trauma, abuse. So then they have this great knowledge. So why are we denying the knowledge that God has given man? Now, if we take God out of our journey of healing, okay, you know, I believe that, you know, as a counselor, the best way that I can work with someone is a combination of faith and the knowledge that God has given me. It's the, that's the best way. But some people, they don't have faith in God. So they do the counseling, they do the medication, but medication, counseling, and God in there, there's your full whole healing. That's your fully restored. And, and, you know, as you were talking about the knowledge part, after I had my miscarriage uh, several months later, I, I got pregnant again. And because of the doctor took blood work, we were a, it was revealed that my estrogen was very low. And so I was able to take estrogen for the first three months to, to help with that pregnancy. And I had my youngest daughter now in September of 2012. So without that knowledge, uh, without the Lord revealing that to us, we would not have known that about my body. Yeah, without that knowledge. And it's amazing the things that our medical field are able to discover. Like there's even now a test that you can do, a genetic test that actually lets you know what medications work for you and what don't. So in the past, say you're given an antidepressant, it doesn't do anything. So they switch you to another one. It doesn't do anything. They switch you to another one. Well, now they have a genetic test. It lets you know all the medications that do work for you for depression, anxiety, and and different things. And then it's like, oh, well, no wonder none of those worked because they're on the no list based on my genetics. So that, again, is another level of knowledge where people may in the past said, well, I tried an antidepressant, it never helped. They were probably taking one that was on the no side of that list. As you're sitting there talking about this, I just continue to think this thought in my head runs through that, you know, God tells us he is our great physician. And so he is not withheld this information from us. He, He is helping us to learn and to grow. And, and this comes into part of, you know, just because you've always thought something doesn't mean it's true. Yes. doesn't mean it's right. And by changing 
our thoughts by learning about things. And that's what's helped me and made me so passionate about helping others see counseling was life-saving for me. My doctor, I needed her too, to guide me through that medication process. And I also needed to just sit at God's feet and rest and let him just love on me and and remind me that it's not what I do that causes him to love me. He loved Mm -hmm. me first, Yeah, Um, you know, and and to get out of that performance mode, that perfectionism mode and, and all of those things, I get chills thinking about it just really brought me into a new place of, of understanding and compassion and just wanting others to know this is what you can experience. You know, hope is a real and a living thing, not just for a few of us, but for all of us. It does take time and it is a process. None of it is easy, but the process is worth it. One day, one step at a time. Absolutely. And hope. And God is the giver of hope. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The giver of life. Well, Karis, tell me about the journey of writing a book for adults and how that moved in to writing devotional for tweens. We talked about that a little bit, but share with us about that journey. Right. So I had actually never... Never planned on writing a book that was not on the, these are the 10 things I would like to accomplish with, with my life. But it was very interesting. I had been a speaker for quite some time and, and many people would come up to me after I would speak and ask for resources. They would say, do you have a resource? Is there anywhere we can purchase you know, information from you we would like to learn more? And so God kind of began to use that. And I moved into where I wrote this. It was actually began as a little tiny 10 day devotional, just 10 days. And a friend of mine who owns a boutique here in my town, she said, Hey, if you will print this, I will sell them in my store. And I was like, no way are people going to buy a 10 day devotional. And uh, I argued with the Lord about it. And side note, you don't ever argue with the Lord because you're going to (laughs) lose. He knows what he's talking about. And so we printed off like 50 of these 10 day devotionals and I put them on my website and then we had already planned a trip to Disney world. So off we went on our trip and within 48 hours, those 10 day devotionals were, were sold out. They were sold out. And so I realized that my friend really knew what she was talking about. So we began to sell those. And then people said, Hey, when are you going to write more? We need more than 10 days. And so God began me on that journey of really writing. And I began to go to some writer speaker conferences and the 31 day devotional came about and I met some people with a a company called Brookstone Creative Group. And they were um, like a, they help you like a hybrid. They help you self-publish, but they help you with a distribution. And so they helped me with that writing process. They set me up with an editor, with someone who did all the graphic design and did all these pieces that I did not know. And they added in this distribution piece where we could reach more stores and and people, not just in uh, the United States, but all across the world. We released it December 17th, 2019. Then no one knew, you know, that 2020 was going to happen. I had several book signings planned. I was prepared to go into schools and to speak in churches and then everything shut down. And that's where God just began to pivot me and, and just uh, cause me to trust him, you know, and lean on him. And, and I began to fall in love with radio interviews and podcast interviews, which allowed the doors to open to just speak to more people across the world. And that's where it kind of led into my kids. You know, they had a copy of my book. You know, mom wrote this book. So cool. 
And it, my oldest one, really, she was reading it and she asked me about some words that were in it. She didn't quite understand them, which of course she did it. The book was written to adults. And that's where their, their questions came in with, Hey, can you write one for our age? And they were around that eight to 12 year old, that age range. And that's where God began to just kind of remind me, Hey, this anxiety that you've dealt with, that you pushed down as an adult began as a kid, as a, as a young kid, a tween. And so can you imagine if these kids were equipped with how to respond to this anxiety, not to be afraid of it, not to think it's just them, but to be equipped with practical tools and faith, you know, biblical skill sets in how to respond to this anxiety. Can you imagine, you know, this is the kind of what the, the conversation with the Lord in my head, imagine what these kids will be like when they grow up to be adults, how much more prepared they'll be. And so I, I begin that process and a traditional publishing company, End Game Press, picked it up, Victoria Durastock, and she was just very passionate about wanting to get faith-based books talking about faith and mental health, wanting to help our, our kids. She was very involved in the children's ministry at her church. And that children's pastor told her that they're, you know, we that they were struggling to find tools to really help their students um, deal with that, with that struggle. And so um, she was very excited about it. And the reason we picked two covers is because boys oftentimes they get the short end of the stick when it comes to devotionals. There's just not very much out there for them. And Kristen, you might can speak to this as well. When it comes to talking about mental health, we do a great job of encouraging our girls, but oftentimes as well, the boys get left out of that conversation that they can't have those, those issues. And so we wanted them to understand, hey, this is not just for girls, this is for boys. And a lot of my stories, because I grew up with brothers, they deal with a lot of things that our young men deal with. And so that's how those 90-day devotionals were formed. And it gives the, a spot, just like the adult book, that gives them an action step, those small little steps to take every day and a prayer to pray. But it also gives a place to journal. Journaling was huge for me and my healing and restoration. And so I love that the 90-day devotionals for our tweens are set up like that as well. And it's just been amazing just to see how God has used those devotionals to have parents, children's pastors to come back to us and say, thank you. Um, we need these tools. You know, our kids, the last couple of years have been through so much. And just to see the Lord's timing, to see the, the God's goodness in these books to help our kids everywhere. Even um, there was a store in New Jersey, a small store, a lady came in who was a missionary from Malaysia. And uh, she just happened to see those books and she teaches at a, a school for um, young missionary kids, for missionary boys, young boys. And she got all the books that were there. So it's just been incredible just to see how God is equipping our young people right now to see that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to talk about faith and mental health together and that God is not mad at them, that he welcomes them. He invites them into his presence to talk to him about these real struggles. Well, thank you for all of that. I am just so grateful of how God is using you and how God is using your books. And I'm thinking back to what you said at the beginning of the fear of sharing your mental health struggles, like just the fear about having anxiety and depression and what will people think of me and that it was all about appearance. 
and hear how God is using you when he takes what the enemy means to destroy us and how he turns it around and uses it. And it has become your ministry. Your story has become your ministry. And it's not just impacting adults, it's impacting children. And in a time where anxiety is through the roof, depression is high. I feel like anxiety is higher than depression. And our kids need this. You know, you're right. They need to be able to talk about it and they need good resources. I wish we could just keep talking forever here, Karis. So how can people connect with you online? So they can find me. My website is Karis Snyder, C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R.com. Or as well, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Karis Snyder. And all that information is on my website. And when you subscribe to my website, I give lots of freebies out for mamas. I give lots of uh, freebies for like little five-day devotionals, what to do if you feel overwhelmed, lots of information on there. I don't send you too many things, but I like to give you lots of free things just to give extra tools and equip equip you. So those are going to be the best places where you can find me and contact me for additional information, speaking information, et cetera. And your books, where can people find those books? So you can find those books at most online retailers, you know, Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. And again, my website will give you links that will take you there quickly. Uh, if you go to uh, karasnyder.com slash my books, that will get you to those links where you can purchase quickly. Or you can go to the End Game Press website and they are going to have those resources there as well. Great. Um, Because I really believe that people are going to want those resources. So remember, go to karasnyder.com slash my story, my book, my books, and that's where we can get your resources. Karis, in the last few moments we have, could you pray for our listeners today? I would be honored to pray for them. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can come into your presence as we are, that you invite us in, that you tell us to come. Come and lay it all down at your feet. Lay our burdens down, lay our struggles down. We can share our tears with you, God, and we know that you lean in and that you you save those that you're listening to us. So God, we come to you today on behalf of this listener family that's listening. Maybe it's a mom who is struggling or a wife who doesn't know she can go on anymore, someone in ministry, a teacher. God, you know the hearts of those who are listening, a teenager or a young, young person in college. God, we just come to you on their behalf and we just ask, Lord, that you would do for them as you did for me, that you would reach down and lift their head up and encourage them, invite them to look up, to look up and see your living hope that you have for them to look up and to see the helpers, that shame and fear would no longer hold them back from you, from your, from your embrace, from your love, but that they would run to you with those things that they're experiencing, knowing that they can bring their anxiety and depression to you because you have a new song that you want them to sing. You have a firm foundation you want to put them on. So God, I just ask today for that person who thinks that all is lost, that today would be the day that they know, no, not today. Today, you are purposeful. You are full of hope and full of worth. And God still has a plan and call on your life. God, show them that love today. Bring healing, bring restoration. Lord, I ask that you would give these listeners courage to ask for help, faith 
to take that step to get the healing and the restoration that they need for their body, for their brain, for their heart, for those things that they've been pushing down. God, bring them up, uproot those lies of the enemy, uproot those hurts and those pains that they've held on to for so long. And in that place, God, bring your healing balm, bring your truth, bring your restoration. So then God, when you have fully restored them, they can go and share their story, their testimony to continue to reach this world for you, Lord. So thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for meeting us here across these airwaves. And God, we give you all the glory and praise for it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Karis, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love or kristenklaus.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating or a comment as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. People truly do look for those ratings and comments when they're looking for a new show to listen to. I would love to stay connected with you. You can find me both at Instagram and Facebook at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this episode of the Fully Restored podcast minister to you. And that if you are somebody who is struggling with anxiety and depression, may this show give you hope that it's okay to ask for those helpers in your life. It's okay to be honest about the struggles that you're having and to reach out to somebody, to your physician, to a counselor, to your pastor, to your spouse, to a friend, and get the help and the resources that you need. Also, we've got some great resources here through Karis, so be sure to purchase her book for adults and the books for tweens. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.